0: let's go let's go. go brought to you by p4p muscle productions and entertainment the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world now now i want you to grab a friend turn the volume up a bit lean in and listen to the show where all the athletes want to talk fit talk with melinda corsino oh, oh. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Fit Talk with Melinda. As always, the show is brought to you by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you're interested in learning more about them and their products, check them out at www.p4pmuscle.com. So tonight, we are talking about the CrossFit Opens. Um, if you haven't already been glued to your computer screen or phone screen watching 17.2, you should go check it out. Um, but tonight we have Karen Clark on with us. She's a coach at CrossFit Amoskeag. We have John Duncan, owner of CrossFit Tough. He's been on the show before and we have Matt Mashad, owner of CrossFit Everproven, all in the lovely state of New Hampshire, of course. So we are going to go over a few things tonight. We are going to go over 17.1 what everyone's thoughts were on that workout um then we're going to jump into talking about 17.2 which if you don't know what it is you'll know what it is soon. It's going to be an interesting one and then we're going to end it off with um having these coaches and CrossFit owners give a quick blurb about what they think the CrossFit Open should mean to you whether you're a scaled athlete or an athlete that's shooting for a spot in the regionals this year. So, Um, Before we start off tonight, if you guys don't know who these guys are, I'd like them each to do a quick introduction of themselves. You guys can pretty much say whatever you want. Um, Karen, since ladies always go first, why don't we have you do a quick introduction of yourself?
1: Thank you, Mel. So I am Karen Clark. I've been coaching with CrossFit Ameskig. I've been a CrossFit coach for a couple years now, CrossFitting for about five years Never a regionals athlete, but I did go down to Waterpalooza this past year and absolutely love the competitive aspect, but also the community-based aspect of CrossFit. Yes, and Karen,
0: I had the pleasure of working out with Karen for a few months and having her push my butt during track workouts after that, so I'm very happy to have her on to share her experiences with us. Um, John, why don't I go ahead and have you do a quick intro?
2: Sure. Uh, My name is John Duncan. I'm the owner and head coach of CrossFit Tough. Uh, I've had my own facility um, and been an affiliate owner, well, not affiliate owner, but uh, had my own facility since 2009. Um, I've been a coach and trainer for almost 20 years now, showing my age a little bit. Um, And I come from mainly a sports conditioning, strongman, powerlifting uh, background. I was a wrestler. So all those kind of combined efforts led me to CrossFit several, several years ago. Um, I was never a serious CrossFit competitor uh, because I consider myself a bit of an OG. I was doing it, you know, pre-Reebok or pre-Bok as we call it. Um, Did it for a lot of fun. Met a lot of awesome people and am fortunate enough to be in, you know, the New England area where we have – you know, some dominant, amazing affiliates and a bunch of really cool people and fortunate enough to train Mel on the daily basis and have trained and been friends with Karen and Matt for a good amount of time now. So uh, happy to be on tonight.
0: Thank you, John. I was going to say I go to CrossFit Tough if anyone hasn't seen my Facebook page, so I see John every day. Um, Matt, why don't you do a quick intro for everyone?
3: Sure. Uh, hey guys, I'm Matt Misho. I am um, the owner and head coach at Ever Proven CrossFit in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, basically the other side of the state from where John and uh, you guys are mostly hanging out. Um, been involved with CrossFit for about 10 years now. Um, owned my own affiliate for uh, going on six years now and um, before that was a coach at another gym that uh, dropped their affiliation and when they did that I saw a good opportunity to open a gym in the Seacoast, and um, we've got a pretty big following since then. Uh, before that, I like how John brought up the OG thing. I've been—I'm uh, definitely an OG too. I'm definitely pre-block. Uh, I have a T-shirt that says that, and I wear that very proudly, uh, along with my <laughs> long knee socks and five-finger shoes. Uh, no, those, those other two I actually don't have. But, um, uh, I, I
2: have the five-finger shoes buried away somewhere
3: still. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, definitely. I, I came from a, you know fitness background as a personal trainer when I was 18 years old. Uh, hockey player my entire life, and uh, kind of found CrossFit as a uh, as a as an accident. Um, just kind of started training a little bit differently and going on the internet and found uh, I was looking up an article for the glycemic index and found uh, a link to a CrossFit Journal article and then you know kind of dove in that way. So kind of accident and uh, really good thing to have found for myself.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, I butchered the heck out of your last name, the silent D. Um, I'm usually pretty good with that, but sorry about that. And uh, all right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, Most people listening in that compete in CrossFit or go to a CrossFit gym knows that 17.1 was the first CrossFit workout that we did last week. And I'd be curious to see each of your thoughts on that workout, um, what you felt was a good strategy, what maybe didn't work for you. I can certainly share my experience as well as someone who did the workout. So anyone can take us off any thoughts on 17.1 that you guys have.
2: Um, I'll jump, I'll jump first if everybody wants to. Uh, so I think because um, our, at our gym, uh, CrossFit up, we have a really big mix of people. Um, myself, uh, You know, I try to look at everything very analytically, the workouts, Um, and because you have such a big mix of people, and I know we'll probably talk about this later, um, it's really important to to take the, you know, we say beyond the whiteboard approach to these workouts and not just say, okay, we're doing a bunch of dumbbell snatches and we're doing a bunch of burpee box overs, but look at the stimulus that it's going to provide us and how we can break that down in the most efficient ways. So really looking at the dumbbell snatches and knowing – that for the majority of RX competitors that's going to be pushing the regional boundaries, that that's not really a heavy weight, and that those dumbbells needed to be unbroken. So that was definitely about uh, a quick, thorough pace, um, really trying to use the hips and save the arms as much as you can. And then I think the, the thing that pretty much made or break uh, people on that workout was those burpee mm. box overs and how efficient people were in the turn. Um, you know, going over the box, did people, you know, come off the box tired? Did they take their time turning around? Were they, you know, walking from the dumbbell to the burpees? Or did they have just a nice, strong, steady pace the entire time? Not a sprint, but a nice, strong, steady pace. I think people that went too hot out of the gate definitely paid the price when they got to the 40s. Um, People that might have gone out a little too slow couldn't pick up the but the people that maintained and had just a nice strong steady methodical pace and then were able to pick it up after the 40s definitely you know killed that workout i think it was classic crossfit and i
3: loved it yeah i agree with you john on that i definitely think that um that was one where you um it was it felt like you were you know back in the old school days where you put your head down and just did the work and um you know, that was definitely a good strategy if you um, could pick a pace and go with it. Um, way too many people had to redo that one uh, and blow up their back or whatever because they went too hard on the first couple rounds there. Because it doesn't really feel like much on, you know, you do 10 dumbbell snatches and then you're going to go over the box. You get to that round of 30, um, that's really make or break it time if you're going to keep going, if you're going to keep that pace. So, you know, keeping your heart rate under control. Uh, one of the biggest things I stressed for some of the people I was working with on that one was making sure they got a proper warm-up ahead of time. So um, some of my athletes that are uh, slow to warm up, we, had, we, did, we did like four or five pieces ahead of time, really get the CNS going, get them breathing really good. I wanted them to have that, like, bent over at the knees feeling for a minute um, before going at that workout because I uh, just wanted their CNS to be really fired up and ready to go for that Looking at heart rate, you know, I wanted to look at people's max heart rate and make sure that they were able to kind of maintain a control on that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I absolutely love this workout. I love this workout primarily because I looked at it as very much a mental toughness workout. It was you get through the round of 30 and you feel like you're kind of flying, only to realize that you have 90 reps left and you've only done 60 reps of those dumbbell snatches so at that point it's one of those are you going to dig in are you going to pick up the dumbbell like John said for regional level athletes this wasn't a heavy weight there was no reason that you couldn't pick up the dumbbell other than that mental drag of I don't want to pick up the dumbbell. And I found that the best strategy that I saw and the athletes that did the best were the ones that did minimize that transition time. They didn't have time to think about if they were going to pick up the dumbbell because it was already in their other hand and they were touching going on that next rep. So being able to really pick up those efficiency pieces is huge in that type of a workout. And I think that it's important to note that, you did see people do this workout more times than a lot of historic <laughs> CrossFit workouts because we had so many extensions. So I know some people that were still doing it, not at my gym, but people that were doing it last night. And I can't imagine that stress on the central nervous system. And then this weekend picking up 17-2 with the same in- intensity.
3: Right. Yeah, I think Yeah. That- that- Go ahead, Matt. I think this one's really suited for somebody that um, is an aerobic monster. I mean, because, you know, you're looking at quite a long workout here. Um, I mean, your average CrossFitter, um, Joe off the street, is not going to finish this workout. Or, you know, somebody who's not real experienced with CrossFit is probably not going to finish this one yet um, if they go RX and um, somebody who's got a pretty decent aerobic capacity and can hold their heart rate into an area where it's, like, you know, able to be sustained, I think that's a really important thing um, to look at at this workout itself. If you've got somebody who's, you know, sprint, 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 and then they see this one and they see a 20-minute time cap, they're looking at them in the mirror and saying, oh, shit, you know, so. Yeah, yeah coming
0: uh, from exactly. a – go ahead, I'll go after.
2: No, it's okay. I was just going to say, so – to to piggyback off of what matt said um you know an example um a shining example of that aerobic capacity is our masters athlete karen mcadam who i know everybody everybody on this call knows um she's been a client for mine for over a decade um she's just an aerobic monster has done marathons triathletes all that kind of stuff so weights have always been a challenge for her but like She's learned to, to be more efficient, and then when we saw this workout, you know, I looked at her, and I was like, hey, if you're ever going to crush a workout, this is going to be the one, and she did it on Friday, did fairly well, had plenty left afterwards, so we we reassessed what she could improve on. We redid it on Monday morning, and she wound up coming in uh, tied for a third, uh, what was it, third or fourth in the, in the world, so she's like way up there right now, which is cool because that's that's her her jam we know once it gets into like heavy barbell movements or pull-ups it's going to be a whole other story but it's really cool to see the uh you know for somebody like that where it's not overly technical and it's just let's see how hard you can work it was perfect
0: yeah that was very cool i'm very happy for karen she uh if there's karen karen mcadams the one that uh, is at our gym she is such a fantastic athlete, and if there was a workout that is made for her, it was this one, so it was an awesome way for her to start off the opens. Um, so it was definitely cool having her be a part of the gym and watching her and how excited her and her family were that she did so well, but coming from looking at 17.1 as a the only person on this call that is not a CrossFit coach um, and just an athlete in my second year of CrossFit, um, I wish I could have redone it because I came out of the gate my first three rounds way too hard, um, thinking this weight's not that heavy. I'm pretty good at burpees. This shouldn't be that bad. Just freaking go. And that's what I did. (laughs) And I had already pulled my back out earlier that week. So my back was already not at its best, but I'm like, whatever, it's not that bad. Um, Definitely started feeling my pulled back in that round of 30, but was like, just keep going, just keep going. At really good pace. Um, I hit that round of 40, and I died. Um, I wish yeah. – <laughs> I feel like if I did it again, I could absolutely have shaved off at least 30 seconds or more off my time without even an issue, just with better pacing. But because my back was so yeah. shot, I didn't want to ruin myself for 17.2. So I said, screw it. I did it. It's over. Lesson learned. I'll go into it differently next time around. But um, – Definitely an accurate assessment of of that coming from someone who's not a coach and wishes I did it again. But um, yes. let's, uh, let's I think, move in. I think that yeah, go ahead, John. kind of
2: right into what you were saying. You know, uh, obviously being your coach and knowing how you go hot out of the gate no matter what we're doing, you know, is is that was a challenge. And we even said, okay, we're going to try to, you know, go at this a little calm, but as soon as adrenaline and some kind of athletes, which, you know, you're a anaerobic, you know, little muscle hamster. You love that fast, uh, you know, aggressive pace. So it's hard to tell you to back off to, you know, 85%. But um, that's just – I think what you said is a great example of how some people should view the opens and that's, you know, like you could have done that and it's like, yeah, we might have taken off 30 seconds from your time. But what is that really going to be doing? You know, you have – all these other things that we train for, and you have, you know, a very um, busy family life outside the opens and all that kind of stuff. So you start talking about the balance of where you should be, you know, holding the opens and prioritizing with everything else. And and if you would have repeated that, it would have beat you up for the rest of the week. You wouldn't have got good training in. And who knows how you would have felt going into tomorrow, which probably wouldn't have felt fantastic.
0: No, absolutely not. And uh, that's a good point that I'm going to bring up at the end, which I want all of you to touch on, is just the opens in, in what it should mean to people and what your thought is on balance of life and and all of that. And I definitely want to get into that at the end. But before we do that, uh, 17.2 was released tonight, and uh, quite interesting. I, um, what are your thoughts on it? And we should I should say what it is, but. Um, I'll let one of you do that since you guys are the experts here. So let's kind of announce what 17.2 is. One of you guys can take the lead. And then thoughts on what people should be thinking going into this workout. Someone take it away. Sure, I got it right. Matt,
3: here. why don't you do, yeah, you do that one, yeah. Yeah. So um, 17.2 is a 12-minute AMRAP. That's as many rounds as reps or, uh, and reps as possible in 12 minutes. Uh, You're going to start out with two rounds of a 50-foot weighted walking lunge, 25 feet out and then 25 feet back. Um, You're going to be doing those with uh, dumbbells in a front rack position with 50 and 35. So 50 for the men, 35 for the women. Um, After that, you're going to, after you come back from your lunge, you're going to jump up and hit 16 toes to bars uh... come off the bar eight dumbbell power cleans, so dumbbell in each hand coming off the floor coming up to that front rack position fifty again for the men um, thirty five for the women so you complete, complete two rounds of that then you're going to move on and hit two rounds starting with that walking lunge again same distance uh... this time you're going to do sixteen bar muscle ups and come off the bar there and eight power cleans uh... for that two rounds so I'm assuming that you're going to go back around uh, if you make it to the end and make it through those bar muscle ups and start back over at those toes to bar, or walking lunges with toes to bar, I should say. All
0: right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on this
1: workout? <laughs>
0: thoughts um, strategy? I'm just what
1: excited you're... to see. I'm excited to see the dumbbells again. I know a lot of people thought that they dodged a bullet with that being out of the way week one. And I think that the combination of the walking lunges and the power cleans will be a lot of fun. Dumbbells really are a way to make it so that you can't hide behind the dominant side. And it's something that we haven't seen in the opens before. And this mix is in the gymnastics movement. So I think that it will really – start to identify those clear leaders on the leaderboard and push people to try new things even.
3: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, uh, I love this workout, um, personally because in, it's in my wheelhouse as far as the movements go. Um, I love the dumbbell myself. I, I train with it for Pretty frequently I, I prescribe that to my athletes quite often for a number of reasons. It's just a really underutilized tool in the in the realm of CrossFit, I believe. And when I heard this year it was going to be unveiled, um, I got really excited uh, personally. Uh, I know that maybe it didn't go in line with most of the people in my gym, uh, especially people I work with individually, uh, because they know I've put them through some, some suffering with the dumbbells. And, uh, I, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it was uh, untouched, uh, you know, something that was untouched in the, in the open and, um, and, you know, looking at where can we improve and where can we keep people on their toes? And they you know, really showing that everything's up for grabs. Uh, so I really like it. Uh, I think for a while, Personally, the, you know, we were looking at people really specializing in Olympic weightlifting for you know a number of uh, a number of years, and the people that were doing the the heavy lifts were the ones that were really going to be excelling in most of these movements here and there. Um, now you're going to be having something completely different hitting it and uh, going forward on that. So I think that um, it's just a really good tool to utilize in the open.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's cool. It brings me back to like the uh Spieler Kalipa like hotel room or hotel gym battles that they used to have. I love that whole series. Um I personally hate the workout cuz this is so not my wheelhouse, but um you know, I was hoping for like a, a nice big heavy barbell or handstand pushups cuz those are my jam. Um but uh yeah, I think it's a really cool workout. I love that they definitely are uh putting things from the uh main site and some more of Coach Glassman's most recent things that he's put out into the open. So we're we're seeing a little bit more uh, kind of global connection of everything that CrossFit's putting out there and I think it's pretty cool.
1: And I when know at guys least for oh, me yeah. Oh sorry. Uh for no, me no, no, I find that a lot of times athletes tend to get so hung up on well, I want to do more barbell movement. I want to do more of kind of those Olympic lifts, even gymnastics to a certain degree. And once that we start incorporating these dumbbells, it becomes a mindset of really you don't need a lot of equipment to be able to get a really good, awful, soul-crushing workout in. And this, we do have the gymnastics movements built in but even if you looked at it with just the walking lunges and the power cleans you're going to get a really good workout in with a 12-minute amrap so hopefully it will help to resonate with people of you know you don't need to be at the gym every day if that doesn't fit your lifestyle but you can still hit a park somewhere and get a great workout in and keep your fitness up
0: what i really like about this type of, of thing and this goes back to last year was my first my first year doing the opens first time rxing the opens and uh workouts when they put bar, things like bar muscle ups in ring muscle ups it forces a lot of athletes to really give it a shot if they don't have them like let me just get one and it becomes that time where a lot of athletes will get their first movement that they haven't been able to get yet just because they're forced to give it a shot okay you have 12 minutes so get through the first part and do one bar muscle up just try it for the last however many minutes of that workout and it's a lot of people's first in crossfit it was mine last year with the snatching in bar muscle up i went in an hour before the workout and i was determined to just get myself on that freaking bar and get up and over and i did it and then i ended up doing six of them in the workout and that was like the coolest moment ever for me, even though that wasn't a fantastic score overall, I was super happy. So I feel like it's going to be a lot of people's first time getting that movement, even maybe getting their first connected tota bars. So it's a definitely a cool thing looking at it from someone who it was their first last year. So anyone have any thoughts on uh, strategies going into this? Let's say you have someone that has, you know, can at least do single bar muscle-ups or somewhat connected bar muscle-ups. What's your thought on pacing for this?
2: Um, I mean, pacing for a lot. I mean, so Mel knows a lot of our our population in in our gym, our community. um, We have a lot of, you know, super beginner, so I haven't seen the scaled version yet, but I'm sure it's going to be, you know, something fun and similar. Um, and we have a lot of in-between, like, people that started up in the past year or two and have made a lot of progress, and they're getting to the point where they're really, you know, they, they were Mel last year, where they're, where they're hitting these workouts really hard in RX for the first time. So the excitement is there to to really get into those more complex movements. So I think for them – it's going to be, you know, you got to hustle because you got to leave enough time on on the clock so you can get after those. But you also have to make sure you're not getting after it too hard, too fast that you're completely wiped when you need that energy in the tank for those more complex movements. But overall, I I think you know your 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 beasts and your regional people they're going to be this is going to be full tilt, full on get after it nonstop. We're going to see some crazy scores on this workout.
1: Yeah, and I definitely agree that a lot of this workout comes down to knowing yourself and your individual strengths. It's something that for me, I have always struggled with kipping movements and stringing them together. So I look at it, the toes to bar, I know I can do the 16. I might break it into two sets just to save myself because I never want to get to a point of failure in this workout. And then even those bar muscle-ups last year, I know I did all singles in that workout. It ended up being my best overall score in the region, which I think was 120-something. And... I did all singles, but I knew myself as an athlete, that if I tried to string those together, I was going to be wasting a lot more energy on potentially failing reps. than if I came off, jumped back on and hit solid reps every single time. So a lot of it does come down to knowing yourself as an athlete. Once that we get looking to some of the best in the region in the world, Obviously, we're going to see bars muscle up strung together. We're going to see not dropping off of the bar during those toes to bar, and I agree with John. We're going to see a lot of really good scores in this workout.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that too. Um, One thing I think what you said was pretty, you know, that would stuck out to me was that, um, efficiency, you know, efficiency in your movements is going to make or break you in this, in this workout itself. If, if you're somebody who goes balls to the wall and really struggles on, like you said, you know, maybe last year you struggled with, um, stringing together those bar muscle-ups, if you're going to be there this year, you don't want to struggle there. You don't want to do anything that's going to elevate your heart rate to the point where you redline. Um, keeping yourself below that cusp is going to be ultra-important on this one, but, uh, you know, if you've already got really good skills here, I think it's about fine tuning those skills, you know. Uh, the walking lunges, making sure that everything's going to be moving efficiently there, keeping everything in line so you don't have, like, that little one little mistake that is going to slow you down a little bit. Um, same thing with the toes to bar. I think the power cleans are going to blow people's back up a little bit more than they might think, especially if, you know, you did some, you're somebody who did 17 uh, 1 nine times and, you know, with a bunch of retakes maybe yesterday. Um, and then the, the, the big one is the, is the uh, bar muscle up. And the bar muscle up, if you're somebody who's uh, going to be throwing that chicken wing up there, really want to be trying to maybe make those a little bit more efficient, throw the hips at the bar and uh, get both shoulders over at the same time so you don't blow a shoulder out.
0: Yeah. What, um, what I want to kind of finish up with is what each of you feel the CrossFit opens should mean to people that's going from someone who's a first time scaled athlete to someone who's looking for the region like what do you feel is a good mindset to go into them as because i know it can get competitive um let's be real what it doesn't matter what level you are in crossfit you see your friend doing it next to you or you want to beat x person from x gym and you see their score so you redo it and there's a and that's a great thing but what mindset do you guys think people should be going into these opens with
1: so I always, I'll open up on this one. I have, over the last year to two years, I've really been trying to encourage the athletes that I work with, the friends that I train with, that ultimately tracking the leaderboard isn't, A, healthy, and, B, isn't going to make you a better CrossFitter. It's, these are five workouts out of thousands, hundreds, to thousands of workouts that you do and it's something that it's great because it takes you out of your comfort zone and it forces you to push a little bit further and that's what i try to make people take from it the most is are you able to do something this year that you weren't able to do next year or are you able to move better this year than you were the previous year or maybe this is your first open and you've never attempted a 20 inch box jump and you just did burpee box jumps to a 20 inch box. And those are the real takeaways for the general CrossFitter that isn't looking to make it to regionals that maybe they're a hundredth in the region, maybe they're a hundred thousandth in the world. The that. Ultimately, stays the same. That if you can prove yourself to yourself that you're capable of something that you didn't think that you were capable of, then you've succeeded in the open.
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, that's I'll I'll totally agree with Karen there. Um, our Friday Night Lights program, which a lot of gyms do, um, we titled ours it's You Versus You this year because that's you know very mm. similar to what Karen just said. It it should be all about, you know, where you're at and where you want to be and where you were last year. And in connection with that, it's got to be fun and it's got to be part of the community because, you know, it's all great if people want to take training seriously and everything. Um, you know, but if you're a miserable prick about it, you know, you're going to be training by yourself. It, and that's cool if that's what you want to do. But the vast majority of people I've met through CrossFit, really have that awesome outgoing feel where they want to be part of something bigger than just themselves. But when it comes to the competition, it's taking the energy and the positivity of everyone around you. And now it's not only, you know, localized to your box, but now it's to your region, to your state, to your, you know, and and then it goes all the way Mm. worldwide where you can look at, you know, what your cousin or your friend over in Europe did, you know, crazy stuff like that. So, the opens are are really cool in that aspect. And I think people just need to stay a little grounded and not get carried away and, you know, worry about like making it to regionals or ever making it to regionals, you know, but just bringing out the best in what they can
3: accomplish. Yeah. I got to go ahead and also agree with, uh, I'm agreeing with a lot of you guys' comments tonight. Um, But uh, I got to agree with John and and Karen both uh, on that aspect. Um, Coming from somebody who has had, some competitive athletes in their gym um I've coached a number of regional athletes as well as um you know remote coached um some some pretty high level athletes and um he or what I'm what, oh, sorry I dropped my phone um <laughs> so what I guess uh I'm getting at is that that used to mean a whole lot to me um like you know making the leaderboard and being really you know high up there and um caring a lot about competition, and more so, I mean, we got 100 people sign up again for the Open this year, and I would say 90% of those people are um, caring more about how it's going to help them improve it, and caring about, well, John's doing it, so I'm going to do it to support John. So there's a whole big – I think that's way more important, and I think that should be the focus for most gyms out there because – Let's face it, not every gym is going to put somebody in the regionals. Not every gym is going to put somebody in the games. You have a good chance to if you treat those people the right way and and train them appropriately. But what that does is it detracts from the rest of your community. You have to spend so much time as a coach focusing on those super competitive athletes and dialing it in for them that you might lose control of everything else in your operation. Now, obviously there's some people that do really good with that. If you look at, like, CrossFit New England, Ben Bergeron does a really nice job balancing a great excellent community along with an excellent um, competitor's program. You know, I think there's no denying that if you have any experience in in knowing anything about CrossFit New England. Um, But in New Hampshire or in some of these other states where we don't have, you know, big boxes like that, it might be harder for some of us to – Kind of find that balance between being competitive on a on the leaderboard and being uh, you know a successful affiliate owner that is going to be uh, doing it to help the little guy versus the games athlete. That's more important to me. Cool.
1: Yeah, and I yeah, just totally to agree. piggyback to piggyback off of that from a professional perspective where I'm not a affiliate owner and I have a full time job. It's something that I find a lot of athletes, especially young athletes, come into it, and they have all of these perceptions of, I am going to be a great CrossFitter. I want to go to the games, and I've seen people drop out of school. I've seen people quit their jobs. And at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, what are you going to fall back on? And is this really what you want to be focusing your entire life on versus where is that balance point. And for me, I know I train with one of my training partners is a regional level athlete and she carries a full-time job. And it's something that she picks and chooses how much work she's going to do every day because she knows her time at the gym is limited to an hour and a half to two hours because she is balancing it. She still maintains a very high level of fitness. She was a gymnast growing up, so she has a very solid base. But it is something that when you look at it, you're competing against people who have decided this is their life. They're able to commit eight hours a day plus to whether that's training, nutrition, just all aspects of the sport and it becomes a balancing act as a professional, as an affiliate owner, to make sure that you're focusing on the right things.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being an athlete that can make that decision to do that is uh, is really special. Um, it really takes your the right decision-making because you could end up really miserable. A um, good example of that is I have an athlete in my gym um, who didn't even sign up for the Open this year and um, did – uh, 17-1 in like 10 minutes or 12 minutes or or so. Anyway, he would have had a you know a top 20 time on the on the leaderboard. Um, He's been to the regionals before. When we trained him for regionals, um, he lost a whole lot of love for CrossFit and he lost a whole lot of love for coming to the gym where it used to be his like you know resort to for sanity to kind of blow off steam. Well it stopped being fun and it turned into a you know a project for him where he felt like he had to do more and he had to do more and he had to do more. Um, granted he's you know physically very gifted um, but he's made it very clear that that means nothing to him but being part of our community still is very important to him so after an, uh, you know a break away from that, uh, he decided to come back and for me, that was a big learning curve or a learning experience as a coach uh, knowing that I took somebody and broke him, um, put him, to, you know, for the sake of com- competition. And uh, I'm lucky he's still in my gym and he's still a friend of mine. And um, g- granted, now that he's going to be a, a great competitor, a uh, great contributor to our community, he doesn't have to be a competitor. In my eyes, he could go to the games every year if he wanted to. And uh, that's just a decision that he made himself.
0: Yeah, I think. Um... That's an awesome point that all you guys bring up, and and coming from just a a CrossFit goer, <laughs> not a coach, not a gym owner, um, you know I work a full time job, I'm still in grad school, and when I go to the gym every day, um, it's a nice time to step out of both of those roles, as well as you know being a wife and a stepmom, and all of those things that many of us hold on a daily basis to be able to see my friends that I go to the gym with to be able to get a good workout in and to be able to see the progressions that so many people have made that are going there, whether they're the first time in the gym or it's their first muscle up or it's the first time they hit a PR and they're clean, to be able to be part of that um, and to to grow as a community is a very cool thing. And, um, you know, don't, like they all said, and I'm a very competitive person, so it's hard for me not to do this, but don't put too much stock in, where you're placing amongst other people, you have to keep in mind that you could be physically improving every year, but so is everyone else. Um, Everyone else, people are putting more work in on you, the same work in. There's other amazing athletes that are coming out of the woodwork. So don't put too much stock in, oh, I didn't place as well in the first workout last year as I did this year, and, and blah, 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 because, again, there's so many people that are improving that you can't, you can't base it on that. You have to base it on improvements that you've seen within yourself from year to year. So um, thank you guys for bringing up all of those points. And is there anything that anyone would like to add before we close it up for the night? Uh, Good luck, everybody. Have fun. Um, Remember, that's kind of like
2: what CrossFit's all about. Fun, community, and, uh, you know, just putting additional positivity into your life. Don't make it a, don't make it a task. As soon as it's a task and it's not fun, you've got to, you know, reassess.
1: Yeah, and I know the one thing that I heard, I think that it might have been last year, that really changed the way that I looked at the Opens is it's one of those things. Think about when you started CrossFit and think about did you even know what the Opens were? Did you start CrossFit for the Opens? of athletes in CrossFit, the answer is going to be no. You found a gym, you started going, you enjoyed the workouts, and then all of a sudden we get to the opens and people get so stressed and it becomes the only thing that you're living for. And it really is, like John said, it's about having fun, getting out there, doing your best, and doing a little bit more than you were able to do last year.
0: Well, thank you guys for taking time out of your busy day. I know a lot of you coach night classes and obviously own gyms, so I appreciate you guys jumping on the call. And good luck to all of your gyms and yourselves in 17.2, and no one hurt themselves. And um, I will talk to you all you guys later. All right. Awesome. Thanks Um, a lot, Mel. All right. Thank you.
3: Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.